Yeah, you're never gonna. Uh, uh, you should never try to fake anything. Literally, how are you guys doing? This is uh, Mo Classo with my next episode, the Just a Nobody podcast episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's been a while; like it's almost like uh, nearly. Oh, I think about two months uh, since I've been back, but it feels good as always. You know, I'm always dealing this because uh, it's something that. Uh, I do, uh, which is uh, out of my uh, other things that I do, you know, uh, but this is just uh, something that I really feel great about doing and uh, I'm really happy to be back. Hope each one of you are really doing well. Um, Right. So today, let me just put out the date there. It's October 30th (laughs) and it's exactly 12.45 p.m. this Sunday evening. So hope you guys are doing well, Um, you know few things that I just wanted to kind of talk about. <laughs> and I said, let me just like, like, let me just talk about it. Um, uh, because, you know, as I always say, I do this podcast more for myself than uh, you guys. Like, you know, uh, it's just like, hey, you know, uh, what's on my mind? Let me just get it out. Uh, so that's what I do here. Anyways, uh, it is getting colder and I hate it. You know, for some of you who really know, I really hate the cold, any kind of weather where you have, where, you know, I'm, I'm going to say like it, it's cold or it's freezing. That's something that I really hate. Uh, like for my body and mental fitness, like I can, I can, uh, I can take, uh, I can uh, take the summer. I love spring because, you know, it's that feeling that, hey man, you know, it's going to be summer very soon, but I can't just take cold in winter, like if any kind, you know, and there's nothing like, uh, I don't know why we call something like fall, you know, fall is cold. Like in my dictionary, if you ask me, you know, what are the different types of, uh, uh, different types of seasons? Uh, it's definitely winter, summer, and monsoons. If it's cold of any kind, you know, minimum, maximum cold or minimum cold, it's cold. It's winter. If it's hot, no matter at what degrees it is, if it's really hot, mildly hot, you know, not so hot, but hot, you know, warm or whatever, it's summer. And if it's raining, then it's monsoons. Like in Bombay, you have three mon- months of monsoons, uh, Bombay, India, and like you're going to have three months of monsoons. Uh, the United States doesn't have uh, something like that, you know, it just rains anytime. Uh, but so in my dictionary, if you ask me, you know, there are three seasons. It's winter, monsoons, and summer. No fall. Fall is crap. You're just giving a, a name. Like, you know, hey, you know, it's cold, man. That's it. Uh, and uh, I, I just love how minimalistic you can be during summer. Like, you can just, you know, uh, wear your, uh, your flip-flops. You can be so frugal. Just wear flip-flops, wear a, nice, wear a shirt, a t-shirt, a shorts, and just move around like so freely. But winter is like you need such, so much additional stuff, you know, to really survive the winter. So many uh, layers of clothing, those heavy jackets. Uh, when, you, when you're sleeping, you need that heavy kind of blanket, which is like crazy, you know. So 
I just don't get it. But of course, I know of many people who uh, love the cold and would prefer it uh, over anything else. So good luck to you guys. But hey, man, not me, you know. And then what else can you do during the fall? Like, you know, people are talking about, hey, you know, I love, uh, I love going to the farm and picking pumpkins and picking apples and stuff like that. Hey, man, if for nine months in the year you bought those pumpkins and you bought those apples by going to a grocery store, you know, hey, do that. Do it for all 12 months. You don't need to go special pumpkin picking and, hey, the farmers are doing that. You know, let them do it. They don't need to go special doing that. And then, you know, people talk about, hey, it's fall. I love the colors of the, the color of the leaves. Hey, man, they turn orange, they're turning red, and they turn, you know, yellow and stuff like that. I don't know what is the order. Do they turn yellow, orange, and then red, and then die off? I don't know. But do you also know, my friends, whoever loved these color changing of the trees and the leaves, that my dear friends, these leaves are dying. It's the death. It's like, you know, seeing an old man or a woman falling on the street and saying, and celebrating it. Hey, you know, they fell down celebrating it. No, you know. It's a fracture if an old man or an old woman falls. It's, it's a big fracture. So it's the same thing, you know, our trees are getting fractured by changing colors. Nothing to celebrate. Nothing to celebrate. Nothing to celebrate. Anyways, so um, uh, I was like, you know, uh, uh, I was... Uh, you know, I, I, I've been following the story about uh, uh, Masa Amini, uh, the Iranian girl, rest in peace. Um, you know, uh, so tragic that she just lost her life, her life for something so small, you know, for something that she was wearing a hijab, but it was not covering a, a little of her hair. And because of that, she just, she died. But w- my thinking is like, you know, I don't know when... We as people, like as human beings, are ever going to learn to kind of live and let live. Like, why do we care about how someone else is living or what someone else does with their body or how someone really lives? Like, I just don't get it, you know? Like, why live and let live is not the funder of our life, the principle, the church of our life. I just don't get it. You know, we, we want to kind of uh, be involved with everything about, like we have a problem with the LGBT community. We have people uh, about what they wear. We have problems with their religion, the religion that they follow. We have problems with the race that they, uh, that they belong to. We have problems with the color of their skin. Like, hey, man, hey, Let's let it live and let live. We are on this together. We are under one sky on a blue planet. Like I always say, hey man, I can't even believe it. Like I'm saying it right now. Like we are right now, each one of us, no matter what color you are, 
no matter what religion you follow, no matter what race you belong to, no matter uh, no matter where you live, no matter what your nationality, no matter what your uh, sexual orientation is, we all live on that one single giant blue planet that orbits the sun along with other planets that also orbit the sun. And then within that galaxy, there are other planets in other galaxies. And the, and the universe is so infinite, we are just out there, man. It's like, it's, it's really a miracle. So if you just think of it from that perspective, just imagine, you know, we just lived and let live. I mean, everything would be so much better. But no, fuck, man. We want to, we want to kind of... Uh, uh, interfere with the way someone else lives. And that is the problem. So my thing was about this 22-year-old Iranian Masa Amini. So tragically, first she was arrested for not properly wearing a headscarf because she was showing a little hair. And after three days, three days, uh, we just heard that, you know, she died. And uh, in the hands of um, some some group called the Morality Police, you know, a group in Iran that's called a morality police that looks at how people, especially women, are targeted in this, of how they behave, what they wear, whether they're wearing headscarves or what, headscarf or whatever. So this led to worldwide protests. Now, of course, you know, this is sad. She's dead. Uh, Masamini's dead. But what came out from this was it led to worldwide protests. In Iran, like there were 17 deaths have been reported with many injuries. And the thing is, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that wearing a hijab or wearing a burqa should be even stopped. You know, it should be left to somebody to decide whether they want to wear, what they want to wear. Like, who are we to really decide? Like, you know, why, why? are people who don't live in those bodies made to, you know, have uh, come out and just say, you know, hey, man, you know, you cannot wear this hijab or you should wear the hijab or you should wear the burqa or you should dress up like this. You're a man, you can't wear a, you can't wear a dress. Who are we to decide? We don't live in those bodies. So live and let live. That's, that's, that's. That's what we are talking about, right? So what is what is really great is, uh, you know, um, the uh, in Iran, hijabs were mandatory. And irrespective of the religion, everyone, no matter what your nationality. So if I travel to Iran tomorrow, say, for instance, uh, although I don't belong to that religion, I will have or I don't belong to the nationality, I will have to wear a hijab in Iran and because it's mandatory. So um, uh, I don't know about that. What I'm saying is uh, this Masa Amini was tortured by a group called the Morality Police, which is so sad. She was wearing a hijab, but she was showing a little hair, which is really crazy. But the main part of what came out of this is hats off to Iranian women who are fighting to give justice to Masa Amini and change the system. Um, and also, you know, the brutality of the the so-called morality police. It takes courage to do that. And that two women are fighting it. Uh, I think uh, it's almost, I think, nearly uh, 
90 days, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's been, it's been there for a while, more than a month, more than 30 days, which is brilliant. Hats off to these, those women, you know, really standing up and really fighting day in and day out. It takes, it takes courage and I can't do that. I, I am, I can't do that. I can't be like, like, you know, I don't have that kind of courage that these Iranian women have. Like, it's, it's great. I really admire that. And then hats off to the men as well, you know, standing in solidarity with these women in Iran, which is brilliant. And like every authoritarian regimes are afraid of social media. I believe social media has been banned in, um, in Iran, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Nobody can access it. So uh, they are protesting. It's, it's still going on there. But I think it's very brutal because many people are really getting killed. It's clearly oppression. And this is a global movement because uh, the good thing is, since the rest of the world has social media, you know, uh, more and more uh, they get, uh, the, the, the nation or uh, the authoritarian regime who forces these uh, forces these kind of rules on people are getting exposed. And 100,000 people in Berlin that day gathered to advocate freedom of Iran. In the U United States, there's so many uh, marches that happen. So thanks to the internet, you know, I was always say, of course, there's, there's some dark side to the internet. But of course, if you ignore that, there are more benefits then more the dark side of the internet. And we need to use social media to the fullest because it gives voice to the voiceless. You know, there's nothing like um, social media today. And of course, invasions that used to be a thing, like in the past, like, you know, we need to invade this country so that they stop having this authoritarian regimes. We need to give them democracy. Doesn't work. It just kills innocent people. So what really works is what Iranian women and men are really doing. You know, protest works, organizing works, revolutions work. And I wish mass. You know, I really sometimes, you know, just wonder, I wish Masa Amini was really alive today to see how many people are on the streets to give her justice, which is beautiful. And I just hope that, you know, finally, uh, finally, like towards the end of it, it all works for the people of Iran. You know, because we really need to live and let live. Hey, man, like, none of us are going to survive. Like, you know, we all are going to fucking die someday. Everyone. There's no live forever and ever. We're all going to die. And we're all going to die leaving everything behind. Like, we're not going to take anything behind. I mean, with us, once we go. We're going empty-handed from this world and everyone, each one of us is going to die. So why not just live and let live, man? That's all. Stop interfering with other people's lives, like the way they live, what they wear. Hey, man. What's up? That's what I'm talking about. Right, so uh, since we're talking about, you know, about live and let live, uh, I'm like freaking out and really loving. When I mean freaking out, like it's sick. Like it's really sick when it comes to men's fashions the, fashion these days. Like I really love 
the way, you know, men today are really experimenting with new stuff, you know. Uh, like, for instance, you know, the other day, uh, I believe Timothy Charlemagne, if I've pronounced his name correctly, his last name, that's a twisting last name. Uh, he was wearing this halter red a red top at this event. I don't remember the, which event this was, but it was a celebrity event or something. I think it was in a watch or something. I have no idea. But hey, man, Timothy Chalamet was dressed in that halter top, which looks so great on him. And I'm loving the way men's fashion is really going. You know, starting from Bill po- Billy Potter, uh, who, was re- who has been wearing lovely gowns for so long. Like, he looks classic in those gowns. The other day, Brad Pitt was, uh, was uh, there were some photographs floating around. Black- Brad Pitt wearing a skirt. Like, wow. And Harry Styles forever, of course. He's been wearing this colorful, gender-neutral gender fashion. Now, of course, this is, uh, this is with celebrities, but I wish, you know, more men really experiment this. And I'm talking about the commoners, you know, the just nobodies on the street. I hope they start experimenting with uh, clothing like this because it is brilliant that we are changing, you know, uh, men's fashion. And I hope we see more and more of this, like, um, you know, away from the normal shirt. Of course, you you got to wear everything. Like you want to wear your shirts, you want to wear your pants. Hey man, wear it, you know. But uh, it's not all about being a superhero, you know. These superhero outfits are also old school. Like, you know, you want to look macho or what is, what is it called? The alpha male kind of look. What is alpha male? I have no idea what it, what is the definition of alpha. Beta, gamma. Or whatever male you are, you know? And talking about superheroes, I don't watch Marvel movies. Like, the only Marvel movies I've watched is because, you know, my friends, all of them, they love it and they wanted to go and then I just accompany them. But I can't stand what these Marvel movie heroes wear. Like, what are, what are those gadgets that they're holding, you know? Uh, like, uh, even... Like those hammer, man. I don't know what, what those characters are, but like those hammers that they hold and those outfits that they wear, which is metallic, with a metallic sheen. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, I don't really understand superhero movies. Uh, but of course, I've seen a few because I had to just go in a group and kind of watch it. Uh, uh, I just can't understand superhero or Marvel movie character outfits. Like, I've never really understood um and um like i hate movies that you know are so unreal like they, they, they just can't be real like you know hey no there's no way someone's wearing those metallic outfits there's no way that someone's jumping through uh or flying across a place or no like you know superman spider-man batman um uh, Captain America, Iron Man, what the fuck? Aquaman, what the hell? Like, no. Never gonna happen. And for for instance, I've never watched a Star Trek movie ever. Like, I can't handle what they, what they wear. You know? So clothing is, I think, the... The look is important. And of course, you know, you. I always say live and let live. But hey, you know, these are movies. So movies, uh, you got to improve. No one's going to wear those uh, in real life. No matter what. No one will be able to fly. We have gravity. You're going to fall down. We don't have wings, you know. Let the birds do that job. 
So, hey, you know, and these, these actors in these Marvel movies are like triceps and biceps and six packs and are flaunting those outfits. Like, what the fuck? It makes me uncomfortable, yeah? Really. So that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I'm really loving the transition that men's fashion is really making. Um, But of course, you know, I may talk a lot about Marvel movies, but the fact is that Marvel movies really do well. They're the most popular movies, not only for kids. I can understand kids watching those movies, you know, because, hey, you know, it's all that, hey, character and, you know, the macho thing. And, you know, I, I can understand kids loving it, but I don't understand why adults love it. But it's just me. And I'm the problem. It's me. It's, it's me. It's I. I'm the problem. It's me. It's me that doesn't understand why Marvel movies do well. So it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm the problem. Because in 2019, the U.S. box office revenue of superhero movies reached nearly $3.19 billion. And worldwide revenue was $26.6 billion. So what does that indicate? That Marvel movies really do well. Superhero movies are loved by everybody all around the world. Good for you because there's something that, you know, that is good about Marvel movies. Explanation because it makes a lot of money. But good luck. Don't make me, me watch it because I don't understand this movie that, at all. And that's why I always say, you know, it's me. It's I. I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees it's me. It's my problem. I'm the problem because I don't understand Marvel movies. You're not the problem. Good for you. Like, you know, I would be singing this. Hey, yeah. It's me. I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. Yes, I'm the problem with, you know, I, I, it's me, it's I. I have a problem with Marvel movies. You're good. You're good. It's good. It works for you, right? So good for you, man. I'm so happy for you guys. Good for you. Talking about, you know, it's me, I, I'm the, I'm the problem. It's me, hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Taylor Swift, man. Her latest album, Midnight, is like, I just listened to two songs. I listened to Antihero and then I listened to Karma and I love both of it. I'm going to listen to a few other songs. I still didn't get the, uh, didn't get the time or, uh, you know, I couldn't kind of circle back and listen to the songs. But I'm the problem, uh, uh, the, not I'm the problem. It's not called I'm the problem with Hi, you know, I'm the problem. It's me. It's called Antihero. That song is called Antihero and it's so brilliant, you know. Uh, the best part about Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift is about, you know, the way she speak, speaks her mind and the way she writes her songs. That's the best part about her. Like the song Antihero, she's continuously singing about a struggle of feeling like, you know, an outsider, about grappling with anxiety and being antisocial and in- the insecurities that come with it. You know, there's some, uh, you know, there's no human being on this planet unless, of course, as a kid in childhood, you know, we're great. Like, you know, uh, I don't remember as a kid I ever have being anxious or 
having an anxiety about everything. All I did was go to school, come back, played um, for a while, and then uh, went back and then you know, did my homework back next to school. It was so fun, you know. But I think as an adult, most of us, I won't say everybody, one kind of blanketed out, blanket statement. But most of us, you know, we are anxious about things, you know. it's it's Life is a little different. Some of them, you know, they drink, smoke, do other things to kind of suppress that those anxieties. Uh, uh, but if you don't do all that, you know, you got to kind of learn through meditation or whatever, you know, to really be able to uh, live with that. So, but what I like about Taylor Swift's song, Antihero, the Karma and Antihero is uh, the two songs that I saw. Is she's not blaming anyone else, you know, for what, uh, what happened, for all these uh, feeling like, for all these struggles of feeling like an outsider, you know, grappling with anxiety. I think that is so intelligent and relatable. And intelligent, intelligent people, they, are, they don't show, they don't, you know, uh, they don't, uh, consider themselves as victims. That's the good part about intelligent people. You know, they're not always victims in the situation. Instead, they would rather blame themselves than blame anybody else. And that's what I like about Taylor Swift's song. This, at least, uh, anti-hero is great. Like, um, uh, it's very relatable um, to most of the people, you know. Uh, like, for instance, each one of us is a protagonist, is a hero of our story. You know, it's our life. It's our body, it's our mental well-being, it's our, it's our body, it's our life. You know, we are the heroes of our own story. But in spite of that, you know, we consider ourselves as an anti-hero because of all these other things that, you know, uh, that keep kind of uh, clouding our, our brain. So that's what I really like about this, you know. We just take everything for granted. Uh, so let me, I wanted to actually play uh, this this bit, you know, especially this bit from Tw- Taylor Swift's song, Antihero. I really like it. And I'm I'm telling you, you know, you should check it out. At least Antihero and Karma for now. I can give you a feedback on that. I haven't listened to the whole album. But this girl is good. She's intelligent, you know, more than anything else. I wouldn't say she's the best singer in this, in this world or uh, she's really good. But she's intelligent. The way she writes her lyrics, you know, itself can tell you. Uh, the way she thinks, you know, the, uh, the way someone talks is also, you can tell a lot about a person by the way someone speaks or the way someone behaves or the way someone writes, you know? So, uh, that's what I like about this. I'm just going to play a little bit because, uh, we can talk about it after we come back. Here it is. Antihero, Taylor Swift, beautiful song, excellent lyrics. Must check it out. Sexy baby
rooting for the anti-hero. Like, you know, that, like, that, I just wanted, I, all I want to say is, you know, for all those people who really do such great works in Marvel movies, or superhero movies, and do all that, all the people who love the movies, hey man, good for you, you know. I'm sure, you know, the, the reason all of you are watching it, it has something in, in it, you know. The reason that these movies are such blockbusters all around the world, making billions and billions uh, of revenue, something's in them. So the reason I don't like those movies is it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me at tea time. Everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting. Always rooting for the anti-hero. Yes, so it's me. Sorry if I've hurt anybody, but that's how I feel and I want to get it out. Um, so, yeah, so as I was talking about uh, Taylor Swift, there's another song called Karma, you know, and I love the way she she kind of tackles uh, this song where, you know, she's... Uh, uh, now, of course, we all know karma is a Hindi word, which means destiny or faith. It depends on your own actions. That's what it means, that your destiny or your faith depends on your own actions. So if you do good, you get good. If you do evil, you will get evil. And there's and what karma which is, says is that there's a consequence to everything that we do. So I believe I believe in karma, but sometimes I don't. Why? Because you know there's there are some people who are really uh who have lived such great lives, you know, they've been nice, they they've they've lived such beautiful lives and such clean lives. But at the same time I've seen those people also you know, having those consequences in their life or living such lives that they don't deserve, you know. So where's karma here? If they live such a clean life, then why are they suffering? You know, sometimes I really don't believe in karma, but majorly, yes. You know, um, when it comes to Taylor Swift, I remember about Taylor Swift. You know, we all remember the Taylor Swift re-recording all her old songs when she started because I believe the producers of those albums were not allowing her to buy those albums. She, she was like upfront, you know, I can buy these uh, songs of mine. I want to own them, but they didn't allow her to do it. So that, that song is from that, you know, that, hey, you know, you're not going to give me my own music? Karma. That's because she's, she's like singing, karma's a god, karma's a relaxing thought, karma's sweet like honey, karma's a cat, me and karma vibe like that. That's yeah, true, you know, when someone hurts you, you're saying, Karma will take care of you, so it's a, it's a sweet thought. It's a it's like uh, it makes you feel good, you know, you know. I, 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 it makes you feel, it gives you some comfort. Okay, you're hurting me right now. Karma will take care of you, so it comforts you. That's what I really like about her lyrics. So beautifully written, you know. We all know about it, but how can you put that in a song, you know? That's what Taylor Swift is all about. One intelligent girl out there. Um, so there's this, uh, there's this, um, this is entire lyrics where she's singing about karma is a thunder rattling your ground. Karma is on, on your scent like a bounty hunter. Karma is going to track you down step by step from town to town. Sweet like justice. Karma is a queen. Karma takes all uh, my friends to the summit. So karma can be good. If you do good, you get, you know, your good consequences. But if you do bad, you're going to, you know, bear the consequences. So karma is the guy on the screen. 
I love that song. And I want to play this part as well. You know, I just want to play Karma as well. Um, I love the way the girl writes her songs. And uh, I think I have a bit of this. Yeah, here it is. Uh, Karma by Taylor Swift. Karma is the thunder Rattling your ground Karma's on your scent like a bounty hunter Karma's gonna track you down Step by step from town to town Sweet like justice Karma is a queen Karma takes all my friends to the summit Karma is the guy on the screen Coming straight home to me Hats off to her. Really love the song, you know. Karma is a relaxing thought. Karma is my boyfriend. Karma is God. Karma is a comforting thought. Beautiful, you know. Something to really admire about Taylor Swift. At least this this album, I really liked it. Um, she's got the head in this game. I mean, she's good. She's really good. Anyway, um, right. So what's happening with the, the James Webb Space Telescope? I've been following it, you know, looking at all these images. And recently, uh, the image captured by, of course, we've been talking a lot about it in my previous podcast episodes, um, but this recent image um, that um, that was captured was the, you know, the they released an image, NASA released an image captured by the James Webb Space Telescope, uh, the Pillars of Creation, which is beautiful. I mean, the nursery of stars where stars are formed and, you know, heavily surrounded by gas and dust. Now, I had seen this image sometime back. I think it was the Hubble Teles- Space Telescope that captured this image. And, you know, there was huge comparison, like, you know, Hubble on, on the left side, Hubble's image of the pillars of creation on the left side, and then uh, the James Webb Space Telescope's uh, pillars of creation image on the right-hand side, and the comparison, huge difference. Like, the Hubble Space Telescope is great. It's it's doing a great job out there. But, you know, uh, we couldn't see through those pillars, inside those pillars of creation, which was uh, because of the gases and dust that was, you know, all clogging up uh, the Hubble's uh, Hubble's reach inside there. It couldn't peer into those uh, those images. But what the James Webb Telescope recent release was so fantastic. It could really actually peer inside the uh, the gases and dust, and it was so good. I, I really loved that you could actually see stars forming inside, like there was a many stars inside and they're forming so basically a nursery of uh, uh, a nursery of stars you know just imagine yeah my god how many stars out there sometimes you know in the night i just like look up at the sky and i say hey man my god i can see already like two to three because of the you know if you're living in a city we hardly see those stars but i really want to go in a place where you know 
like I believe they say uh, North Carolina, I think it's North Carolina, where you can really go and, you know, the skies are filled, like literally like salt. So many stars. Like if I look like to, every night, like I just look up and see, I can see like two to three of them. That's That's all that I see. But it seems there are millions and billions. It's like salt grains, you know, up in the sky. You just need to go to place. It's just the city lights that kind of, we, because of that, we can't really uh, see. Uh, so I really like uh, the way the James Webb Space Telescope is really going. You know, we can really look into how we all were born. You know, we all came out from that, which is brilliant. Uh, but it's only really sad that, hey, you know, there's always this comparison between the Hubble Space Telescope and the James Webb Space Telescope. Like, hey, you know, uh, both did a good job, but whatever. The only thing I don't understand is a recent experiment called the DART mission, which is the, the double asteroid redirection test. And... I just don't understand. It recently happened. I think it was a month, a month back, or a little less than a month back, where they kind, uh, they kind of, uh, uh, when uh, they they projected uh, a satellite, I believe, and they, uh, it, it's called the Asteroid Smashing Project, which is a DART project, which was like literally funky. Like, why would you go out of your way to smash a planet? Like if you uh, not an uh, if you, to smash an asteroid, like why would you do it? You know, I can understand if you're landing on something, like landing on a planet, landing on a moon, landing on another planet, landing on uh, landing on an asteroid. Yeah, I can understand that. But why would you smash into an asteroid to deflect it, uh, to change its speed uh, and path? I just don't get it. And, you know, these, of course, these scientists, they keep saying that it's called the planetary defense test. There are so many asteroids in the sky. And, you know, sometimes when an asteroid is approaching, we can we can go and kind of kick it off its path and kind of shift, shift its path and, uh, you know, uh, move it to somewhere else, which I think it's so funky. Like, there are so many asteroids out there. Like, how are we going to kick it off uh, like that? Because... No matter whether you're a planet like Earth or whether it's a moon or whether it's an asteroid or whether it's a, any other kind of object in sky, each one of it, even an asteroid has an orbit around the sun and it is, you know, it has held everything, every object in the sky from what I understand is it has the gravitational force, you know, it's held up because of some gravitation and there are you know, asteroids are basically pieces of rock that never swept into a planet. So they're just basically floating around, you know. So it's it's really, I just don't get it. Maybe it's just me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Maybe it's only me who doesn't understand why we need a DART mission. Why do we need to force an asteroid, deflect an asteroid and change its path and speed. Maybe it's me, but I don't think we need it, you know? And I have reasons, like going to space is one thing, like, wow, you know? You send a James Webb Space Telescope to kind of uh, look at 
look at the sky. Wow, it's beautiful. Going to space is, okay, great. Go into space, but don't litter it. Oh, wow, you're landing on a moon. You're landing on another planet. Great, good for you, you know. Whether you're going to live on that other planet, that's your choice. Because no other planets are inhabitable. It's only Earth that we can live. But if you want to go and land, go land and then die, you know. Uh, you want to land on a planet, good for you, nice, good choice. You want to spend a, sp uh, a space telescope into the space, good for you. We need to do it. We need to explore the universe because we can then find out more about our lives. But why would you whack an asteroid? And make force it to change path. Now, this asteroid that was whacked, that was deflected, that but using the DART project, its orbit was reduced by thirty minutes, which is crazy and insane. I don't think we should get into that space of, of you know, fucking around with the uh, objects and uh, objects in space by changing their path, changing their, uh, you know, the time that they take to orbit the sun, which is crazy. Because what if, you know, there are many what ifs in this. Um, what if every country, now of course this was a project that was in the United States, but what if every country starts their own DART mission, which is the, the asteroid deflection, double asteroid redirection test. What if every country starts their mission? There are many nations out there who could misuse the project. You know, instead of deflecting this asteroid in, uh, away from the Earth, they can deflect it towards a particular nation on Earth and redirect it to hit a space on Earth. There are so many nations that are kind of have enmities with each. I mean, we, they're just enemies, you know, they could misuse it. Instead of deflecting the asteroid away from the Earth, these guys could redirect it to a particular nation on Earth. And that's misuse because you can't stop anyone else from doing a DART mission. What if, by mistake, instead of deflecting the asteroid away, it just falls on, you know, on Earth? It could be a mistake. It could be misuse. And then it could also be greed. Now, everyone's talking about, you know, we need to be multiplanetary. No matter, you know, hey, you know, Earth is the only inhabitable planet, but everyone's talking about going to Mars. Hey, do you know Mars is so damn cold? It's not inhabitable. Do you know that the gravity out there is not sufficient? Do you know that there's no oxygen out there? Do you know that it's not possible to live there? But no, you know, everyone's talking about the greed. That's human greed. Hey, we need to be multi-planetary. We need to decide. Uh, we need to be multi-planetary. How are you going to do it? You know, let's do the deflection project. Someone just says, hey, you know, how about uh, deflecting the, an, an entire planet like Mars and bringing it closer to the sun so that instead of being cold, you know, let's, uh, Mars will become warmer. We get it closer to the sun. So let's deflecting it, deflect an entire planet. What about Venus? You know, Venus is so hot. It's so close to the sun. How about we use this deflecting method to, to push it a little away from the sun? You know, 
anything is possible. People are greedy. They are violent. They can misuse it. And then there could also be a mistake. So what ifs is there? That's what I say, you know, land on a planet, land on an asteroid, land on the moon, go in space, uh, send the space uh, telescope into space to really look at the universe. Brilliant ideas, brilliant. Because that, that's the way we'll explore our, you know, the birth of human life, the birth of life itself. But why are you whacking objects out there? Why are, you, why are you sending something and whacking them out of their orbits? Because if we keep doing that, we're going to dig our own graves. It's disastrous for human interference and manipulation of celestial bodies in the universe. And I think we need to stop. That's all that I want to say. You know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. All right. So I think that's all that I want to talk about. Uh, uh, but again, you know, uh, no matter what I say, there are many people, I may just be, you know, uh, against, uh, not with the majority of people the way they think um, or what they like or whatever. But towards the end of it, you know, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. So it's me, and I agree. Uh, I wouldn't say that uh, I'm right. It's just me. You know, when I'm arguing with someone and I know that the argument is not going anywhere, I end it by saying, you're right. You know, hey, you're right. You are right. And then just stop the argument because there's no point, you know, it's not making sense. Arguments should be intelligent, you know, if it's going somewhere and you're getting something out of it, makes sense to argue. But hey, man, if you're just randomly arguing out of the blues, making no sense, you got to get out. And what I do is, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm the problem. You know, now can we go and lead our lives? Thank you. That kind of a thing. So I really get this, uh, this anti-hero lyrics of Taylor Swift. Uh, so this was really good, man. That's all that I had for this episode and really feels good to be uh, to do this like, you know, always. I really love uh, getting this podcast out. I need to be regular. Yes, I've been saying this forever that I need to be regular. I need to do more uh, at least, you know, I wanted to do it twice a month. That was my target when I initially started. But it's not happening. And I feel at least I should do it once a month, not once in two months. This is like pathetic, you know. But the thing is, uh, this is something that I do as a hobby. Like, you know, I get these uh, these people, you know, where I host these sites. They keep sending me 
these emails saying, hey, you need to kind of monetize this podcast. Why don't you join the advertiser service and, you know, put this out for people to advertise on your podcast or put it out where you can kind of, um, you can kind of ask for people to kind of give money for doing a podcast. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm never going to fucking monetize this podcast because uh, it's something that I started as a hobby. It's not something that I started to make money out of it. And I've always noticed that, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to turn this into a side hustle, like, you know, where I'm kind of uh, making money of it because I enjoy it. And I don't want to attach something uh, to money to something that I enjoy because I've always noticed that the more you're driven to it, you know, that is your motivation. Uh, you know, money is a motivation. And then I'll keep thinking about what what everybody else wants from this podcast because I have to please them. And if I please them, then I'll make the money, you know. And this podcast is not to please others. It's for me to really speak my mind. And if I want to speak my mind, you know, I have to think about what's on my mind, not what not what you want to listen to. I mean, you know, what's on other people's minds. So, uh, so, Money should be what I feel is money should be kept out from hobbies or something that we love. And this podcast is something that I really love. Like I really love speaking on this podcast. So I want to keep money out of it. I'm never going to monetize from it. Um, although, you know, I keep getting these emails, you know, you should monetize in these podcasts. People, they keep the hosting site keeps sending me, but I'm not going to do that. That's what I feel. You know, if you have a hobby, try to keep money out of it because money will become a motivation and not your thoughts and what you love. That's all. Uh, right, so uh, before I leave you, I actually wanted to play this um, Taylor Swift's Antihero, and I don't know where to start uh, um, of this song, but yeah, yeah. let me just uh, j- let me just play it, and I'll be on the other side, yeah, of this uh, song. Don't, don't forget, uh, you can write to me at justanobodypodcast at gmail.com. That's my email address. You can follow me on Instagram, justanobodypod is my handle. Um, and uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening. I really love you guys, you know, so much. Come on, man. You're going to play the button. You're going to press the play button and listen to just nobody. Like, why would you do it? We don't know each other, you know. Thank you so much for doing it. But before you go, I'll be on the other side of this song. Antihero, Taylor Swift. Antihero. Everybody Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really love each one of you, you know, whoever you are. Like, I really love you, man. Thank you so much for listening. Anyways, until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye.